Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to guests about their favorite albums. Today we're talking with Eric Smeal, the band Clearbody, and of the label Acrobat Unstable. We talked about Sweet Trip's 2003 album, Velocity, Design, Comfort. We also talk about Glitch Pop, Dream Pop, Shoegaze, and we talk about just throwing genre labels away. Just throw them in the trash. Clearbody released their debut album, One More Day, on December 4th, 2020 on Smart Punk Records. As you'll hear, we talked in person, which is a rare, rare treat. I've known Eric for a few years now, so it's great to see them grow into such an amazing musician, songwriter, and dare I say, entrepreneur. We get a little local, so every time you hear a name that you don't know, just take a shot. Or, you know, swig some soda. Lastly, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. So every week, me and my co-host Sarah, we talk about records we love from our past when we revisit them. So just a dollar a month or more, if you're very nice, check out that Patreon feed. Okay, don't let me hold you up anymore. Let's chat with my good buddy Eric. Hey Eric, how's it going? It's going great. <laughs> so, well, we are actually doing an in-person interview, and I haven't done one of those since Carl, and we talked about Incubus. So mm. it's been a minute. Um, as anyone can assume, these are mostly done by Zoom. And so, yeah, it's almost like weirder to do it face-to-face. Like, talking face-to-face is really hard nowadays. Yeah. It was already hard for me before. Um but yeah, so we are talking about Sweet Trips 2003 album, Velocity Design Comfort, and what I always ask is, when was the first time you heard Sweet Trip or this album? So, I was I was like right out of high school, I think it was like 2016, <laughs> and uh, uh, Jacob Taylor actually showed me uh, Disco. D-S-C-O on the record. And I really liked that song for a really long time. And I tried to listen to the whole record because I thought the album cover was... It's my favorite album cover of all time. Um, And there's a lot of, like, stuff with the album cover that I've, like, learned about over the past, you know, COVID. I got really into this album during Mm -hmm. COVID. Uh, But I tried to listen to it and, like, at at the time that I did that, like, my, my tastes weren't totally defined. So I didn't really, like, know if I liked, like, I didn't know if, uh, like, glitch music like that was, like, for me. And I kept seeing people say that it was, like, a shoegaze record. And I just didn't, like, understand it because I didn't really, like, listen to the whole thing until last year um, when basically Alex, Alex Martin uh, lived with me for, like, six or seven months out of the year last year while they were, like, uh, trying to move down here. And they had the song chocolate matter on like a playlist mm-hmm. and it came up while we were just like sitting in my living room, like listening to Spotify. And I was just like, what the fuck? I was just like, this song is fucking awesome. And then ever since then, I've just been like a huge fan. Um, yeah. it took me a, a while to like really come around on this album. Uh, I like the one after it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but like now I feel like this one's really great. It's great. Um, yeah. All their albums are great, but this one just took a little bit to grow on me. Mm, yeah. I was uh, watching a short like YouTube documentary about it. They kind of talk about the building that's on the cover. So mm-hmm. it's like a building in Montreal that I guess was like a failed experiment. Uh, Habitat 68, I yeah, think is what it's like called. 68, 67, something like yeah. that. Uh, one of those numbers. But uh, yeah, so it's like the cover shows it's a very weird looking building and i don't think most of it's like habitable or it's also like it's not it wasn't like cost effective to like have people live there you know so it's so cool though like it's just like 
that was like the thing that really drew me in and i feel like it drew a lot of people in when they first like see what this album looks like is it's just like that album cover is crazy like yeah i mean we have a copy of it on the table and i just keep looking at it it's just like it's very like nice to look at yeah um and when i found out that that was like a real building i started like looking up like info about that like Mm -hmm. i don't really know that whole much i'm not gonna pretend like i know a whole lot but i've seen like videos of like drones yeah like drone shots of like the entire facility it's just like so crazy (laughs) yeah but yeah it's like i don't know like kind of going into it just kind of like thinking about what style of music this is like when you when you kind of mentioned that you wanted to talk about this record and you know a couple others like how the show works i usually get people to pick three albums and i pick the one either i pick the one that is like an easy pick yeah then other things that i do is i kind of go against my inclination for the easy pick and i go to one that i haven't heard i i tried to i try to make it a little difficult for you (laughs) honestly because I gave you uh, Unknown Memory by Young Lean, which I knew you weren't going to pick, yeah. and then uh, Siamese Dream by Smashing Pumpkins. I was, well, outside of, uh, it was actually more that I was probably going to pick Sweet Trip or Young Lean. Mm-hmm. I felt like, because my problem with like Smashing Pumpkins, it's like, it's not that I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's kind of hard to talk about because I think it's like one, maybe not so much anymore, but it's kind of like hard to talk about them critically mm-hmm. because of like who Smashing Pumpkins is now. Yeah. And totally. also their records are like so goddamn long. It's like a, a slog. It's like, but I think they have like really amazing songs. So I think I told you the exact same thing. It was just like that they have like, they're, he's one of the best songwriters, but I don't know if he's a yeah, good, you know, album writer. And I didn't know anything about Sweet Trip. Yeah. I liked the cover, too. Like, seeing that, I was like, oh, this is cool. And I was I was surprised, but not like, oh, I'm surprised you would like this, because it's not, like, hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. It's just, like... It's kind of jarring the first time yeah, you hear it. Yeah, especially with, like, how it starts off with Tekka. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is the whole record going to be like this? Like, it's, like, intentionally very glitchy at yeah. the beginning, and doesn't really pop into anything. So it's like... At, for a second, I was like, oh, Eric sent me a noise record. I don't want to hear <laughs> No. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I really love this record. Um, I, it, the record after it, I forget what the name of it is right now for some reason, but mm-hmm. it has more like songy songs. Like it's not like, it's not like all like noise like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I don't really like, listening to like just noise for the sake of being noise yeah and it took me a really long time because like you said like Tekka the first song it's like kind of hard to listen to like when you are unfamiliar with the project mm-hmm. um so that's why like when I first heard this record I was kind of immediately turned off and I was like ah I'm gonna I'm gonna skip this I have the one song that I like uh but as I got older like I really love this record um I think that it's Honestly, like, it's it's fucked up because, like, it still is, like, people don't really know about it. No, yeah, you know? I, didn't, I didn't know who they were yeah, at all. and it's, like, I feel like the album cover and, like, this album is just so iconic mm-hmm. for certain people. It just kind of depends on the person. Like, yeah. it's just, like, I don't know. I just love this band. Uh, and their new record is also great. And yeah. it's, like, it took me... The songs on it are really long too, mm-hmm. and that was like another like turn off for me. But I was listening to I was listening to the second half of it today because I'm like familiar with the first half of it. But the second half is like where the songs are all like pretty long, and I just kind of am like I don't know if I'm feeling like like yeah. listening to that right now. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, but I listened to it today because that's like the half that I'm most unfamiliar with. And it's just so good. Like, it just is, like, the way that they, like, write songs is just so sick. (laughs) Yeah. Like, all the instruments going on. I forget what, uh, it's a pro pro love ad where it starts kind of crazy, but then it goes into, like, the, like, arpeggiated synthesizers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah, so the, yeah, the record after this, You Will Never Know Why, and... 
on that documentary they kind of talked about like it was yeah it's just definitely more song centric so yeah. um but I, I was i haven't actually listened to that record i'm curious about it but i also kind of wonder like if if this is your entry point i wonder if the next record after this is kind of like a turnoff if you're into like yeah that it gets kind of complicated but it doesn't get too complicated like it still is like an easy listen like i feel like you can put it on in the background and just do things around your house totally. like this is like a good record for that but it's not like so ambient that it completely gets lost like you'll mm -hmm. kind of hear your you'll feel yourself like singing along to like the melodies of it yeah um I, I don't know anything about what they're singing about on this record, and it's like, you can't really tell a lot it's of times. It's kind of a concept album about a robot that falls in love with a human, I mm -hmm. think. That's what I've heard online, but it's like it's like a very like loose concept. Yeah. But or it's like they're like making music together, so like the first half of the album is like why the songs are a little more like... It's like a push and pull between the two people and then by the end of the album it's like just supposed to be like beautiful because they're making music in harmony yeah know? yeah uh, but so what happened with me is i got really into you will never know why first and then i came back to this album so mm -hmm. it was like that that album has like a few like standout songs to me like pretending and darkness specifically like those two songs because they kind of like channeled the same kind of feeling I was getting from Chocolate Matter the first time I was hearing it. Um, but then after a while, I came back to this one. And it's this one is like the one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it took me a while, but this one is definitely like the one. So do you know anything? I, I With watching that interview, it was... I mean, I'm trying to like get a feeling for like who this person is. Because even like the idea of like writing music on your computer in well this album came out in 2003 so i don't know like circa 2001 yeah like, it's like what would that even have yeah it's crazy like at that time yeah uh, they're they're a band it's yeah. uh it's uh robbie and valerie i think are mm -hmm. their names I'm... yeah roberto uh burgos and valerie cooper yeah um and they had a during i think the recording of this record they had a third member that left after this record or it might yeah. have been something before that yeah and they have a couple other people that kind of like do vocals on the record but for the most part it's like robbie writes yeah. the music you know it's like robbie's thing yeah yeah but like like i've listened to like a lot of different pieces about this band like on youtube and stuff people do podcasts about this record pretty frequently too i haven't really checked any of them out yeah. which is kind of funny because we're doing a podcast about this record but uh <laughs> um i just uh like i remember that he was talking about how like crazy it was to like make a record like this in that time because it's kind of like it's kind of like the grandfather of hyper pop too mm -hmm. which i don't know if you know anything about like that side of it but like it's like that hyperpop wouldn't exist without this record kind mm -hmm. of uh and i think that's really cool too what would you say is what's like a one band you could point at that's like hyperpop like blade or okay. like charlie xex oh okay, okay. um 100 gex yeah yeah that stuff yeah. um which i mean like not all of it is for me i really mm -hmm. like blade and like young lean and stuff young lean isn't hyperpop but like this is like the blueprint for mm -hmm. that like genre. Yeah. Um, and did did this record like get you to kind of check out more things that might be like I've heard this referred to as like IDM, like intelligent dance music. Like do you feel like it's led you in a direction to check out more things that it, are kind of dance music or It hasn't yet, but mm -hmm. I definitely will probably get there. It's yeah. just like the way that they do it is just like so like keen to like my interests in yeah. music and stuff where it's just like fruitcakes and cookies like where the first half of that song is like kind of like really glitchy and then immediately at the second half it's just like a shoegaze song like yeah i love that kind of shit <laughs> like yeah. I, it's just like it's so like them too like they really have their like own unique kind of style to mm -hmm. like their genres because yeah. they play in like a lot of different genres honestly yeah there's 
when I think when I was kind of doing research uh, originally, it was like seeing them be called shoegaze. I felt like I couldn't hear it at first in a way. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, later on in the record, like, there's lots more there. But also, there's, like, enough kind of peeking out that it definitely is, like, a huge influence in their sound. But I like that they're not content to just be, like, one thing throughout. Like, even just kind of looking at what people call them, it'll be, like, IDM, Glitch Pop, Dream Pop, Shoegaze, Ambient Techno. And, you know, it's kind of neat to see, like, how all of those things can kind of serve each other and kind of create one cohesive thing um, yeah because it never really feels like it's like oh here's the shoegaze part or here's kind of the thing that goes more into techno it all just feels like it serves the song yeah it's very cohesive yeah even up until recently this is like definitely one of those records where like if you listen to like the specific parts you'll find something new every time Mm -hmm. uh but like disco like for some reason, I just, like, didn't realize that there's, like, guitar all over that track. Yeah. I just thought it was something different. I thought it was, like, a synthesizer the whole time. Yeah. But then I was, like, listening to it, and I was just like, oh, this is, like, guitar. <laughs> yeah. It just, like, took a while. Because, like, you... There's just so much going on in each of the songs that it's just, like, hard to, like, really, like, pinpoint certain things. Like, even with multiple listens, because I've heard this record a lot over the past year and it's like i'm still like picking up something new every time i listen to it yeah and what do you think it is that this is still such like an underrated record i don't know i mean like i think it was just a product of like their time like i don't think anybody was really ready for something like this because it came out in 2003 right Mm -hmm. that's what that's what you said but yeah i mean like i just don't think like people were ready to like accept this record until later on where like you know you can see its influence in different things which i think is really cool especially since they're still like kind of a smaller band yeah i'm not i couldn't really get a sense of like really how much or almost if at all they've toured yeah yeah there's a couple of videos of them playing like around this record like they they played there's a set on youtube of them playing at like south by southwest yeah um, like i think one of the sets that i saw was from 99 yeah um so i mean obviously before this record but um they formed in 1993 and have you listened to any of the early you know i don't know the name of it, but like the first record was almost like they made songs for darla records and then it was almost like decided that darla was gonna put it out yeah uh i have listened to that one um only like once or twice though Mm -hmm. and then i haven't listened to their ep after that yeah but been meaning to check that out it's just like i get so caught up with this band where it's like i just want to listen to the songs i already know Mm -hmm. but then like when i go back and i do listen to those because i feel like every time somebody explains like those two releases to me it doesn't sound appealing until i hear it and i'm like oh this is great (laughs) yeah you know yeah so um so darla records in november 1998 they put out like a series of ambient records that were specifically made for this bliss out series Mm -hmm. so i think like they essentially just compiled it all of the entries and put them as like the album for them yeah um so, yeah, and then the EP that we're referring to is Allura, which came out in 1999, which from that documentary they were talking about, it's from, like, a lot of the same sessions that EP is, but yeah. also there's, like, a lot of growth, if we're kind of using that generic term, yeah. um, you know, from it, from that first record into the EP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to, like, really, like, check both of those records out, but I've only listened to the, the Bliss out. So I would almost say like with it being like more ambient centric, I'm, I, I guess I'm kind of agreeing with you. I'm probably less likely to like yeah. want to grab for that. Like it could be very good, Yeah. but I feel like my brain tends to go to things that are more like song centric. Yeah. You know, so. That's, that's, yeah, that's really how I felt about it. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is great. Like mm-hmm. it is more on the ambient side, but like there's still like they're they're just really long songs yeah that's kind of how it feels like it's just like they're like really long like dream pop songs Mm -hmm. which i fuck with so yeah um but then the the ep after that 
is supposed to be more like dance centric and i just like haven't given that a shot yet but mm, yeah it's definitely on my list <laughs> yeah which which would probably also have long songs like, yeah, yeah a lot of times with like dance eps uh they'll be like the 12 inch ep with like the 15 minute version and stuff like yeah. that um so yeah as i've progressed or gotten older like that's definitely like the area i like Mm-hmm. more than i ever thought that i would you know yeah um but i still yeah i'm with you i i wouldn't say i know anything about like the techno side or a mm-hmm. lot of electronic stuff but often when i hear it i'm like why don't i listen to this more? yeah it's like it's it is definitely like that where it's just like i feel like there isn't really like necessarily a good entry point besides like daft punk or something yeah um but I respect the genre and I like the genre. It's yeah. just like, I haven't found like what I really like in the genre. Yet. Yeah. It's hard. Like I always feel like this is what ends up happening. Like if I ask someone that's really steeped in it, they do that thing where it's like, I know, I mean like, I'm fine with Daft Punk. I can, I can, if I hear it, it's okay. Hmm. You know, but like when you ask somebody like what's some other like dance centric stuff they like, they go deep. Yeah. And then it's sort of like, what's in between? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, like, it's like, what's in the middle there? It's like, I always loved LCD sound system, which is why, honestly, like part of the reason why I liked this record at first so much, like, mm-hmm. or uh, like some of the songs off of it. But um, yeah, I just like couldn't find like a good entry point for dance music because Daft Punk is kind of like, you have to really like commit if you mm-hmm. want to like listen to Daft Punk, I feel like. Yeah. And I just haven't been in the right state of my life to be like, I'm going to commit, I'm going to get into uh, Daft Punk like yeah. today, you know? Yeah, it also feels like with Daft Punk and, I mean, I like LCD sound system a lot more, not that they're like the same per se, but it always feels like they are kind of more like where you start. And I feel like I know that I'm like mentally kind of past that. So it's like, what's the next step? What's like, yeah. what's like, it's like you're giving me the, let's say those are like the Foo Fighters of the genre. Honestly, like what's yeah. What's kind of the next <laughs> down, but don't give me, I don't know, like Caius or something, you know, or like something yeah. deeper down. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, don't give me too far, you know, but I, I want to know what's like yeah. even a little closer. I want to wade in a little bit more. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, there, there is definitely like dance artists that I fuck with, but like, there's just like, so much of it that like it's overwhelming like i like sophie a lot like i've gotten into sophie recently Mm -hmm. because uh i didn't realize that they did the uh the vince staples uh big fish theory until Mm -hmm. recently and i fucking love that album and i was like i'm gonna check out more of their stuff so i'm gonna do that (laughs) so i've been listening to sophie a lot um which kind of like is in the same realm is sweet trip i feel like but you know yeah where do you feel or has listening to this record has it kind of like gone into your own songwriting in any way like has it influenced you in a way even if it's like not exactly sounding like it where you kind of feel things are coming through yeah i'm totally well there's like an element of this record that is like i feel like has influenced like Japanese shoegaze and dream pop and there's a band called uh, Yuragi that I really love and uh, when I was recording the guitar parts for the clear body album I was listening to Yuragi a lot and there's like definitely specific moments where I'm like channeling this record and like that genre because it's kind of it it's shoegaze but it's like a different kind of shoegaze mm-hmm. I, I feel like all the bands in Japan that play shoegaze music like really calculated about it i was trying to like definitely like channel that and and like take care of like the songs like mm-hmm. the stuff that i was adding in. yeah because there's like we need another guitarist you know yeah. <laughs> um because there's a lot of like solos that i don't play live but that are on the record um i kind of like it like that uh-huh. too because the solos that i do play live are like chill but yeah you know yeah i think it's like a hard thing um it's like i've played in bands with like one guitarist and then too many guitarists and anything in between 
there is something really fun though about like even when you feel like you need a second guitarist like purposely not because a lot of times it's like i feel like a lot of times like bands need to embrace that space and it feels like there's an inclination because of the way that we hear a lot of these records uh you want to fill it up but it's like the room potentially fills it up yeah there's so much other things kind of swirling that you can't do on a record yeah so it's like every single little piece that you put on a record everyone i think a lot of times like people feel like it's like oh well i put a synth so now i have to have a synth live and it's like you don't have to you You know that's the thing like like i always kind of refer like it's the reference always is like U2, but then people were like, oh, what do you mean by that? But it's like, when you listen to those early records, even, like, there's, like, so much good space mm-hmm. in them. Like, even a lot of, like, early shoegaze and post-punk stuff, it's like, you know, well, the record and when you, like, see them live, it's like, they just don't fill that's, up the space. That's yeah. kind of the vibe that yeah. I'm on, because uh, me and Marty both, like, they're going to start running, like, a vintage svt head and cab combo and then i have like a sun cab Mm -hmm. i'm playing their head out of i just like the look of like a three-piece that just has like big fucking amps yeah so that's kind of the shit that i'm on right now um but yeah like it's like we've talked about getting a second guitarist and like if it happens it happens it'll be chill but yeah you know i i'm chill with being a three-piece too so i think like with all the years of knowing you I feel like compared to, and actually this isn't like a, this isn't like mean to you. It just might be mean to sound mean to anyone that listens. So I always felt like you had like an advanced uh, taste in music that I feel like some of your peers don't. Yeah. You know, and like, there's not really a good answer because I didn't really ask a good question, but it's like, (laughs) what do you feel like got you into checking out like these things i guess like you said earlier with like jacob taylor showing you sweet trip i feel like these are types of things like i had never heard sweet trip yeah before but it's like Mm -hmm. i'm kind of just now discovering a lot of this stuff yeah or like within the past few years so it's like what do you think it was that led you to discover certain things that you liked early on that your peers don't seem to it's definitely been interesting because like i mean like yeah me and you have known each other for a really long time um and like when i was like first playing shows in the city and stuff i was still like in that phase where like in high in high school i really liked like the white stripes and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah and like ty siegel like i listened to him all the time when i was in high school and it was like as soon as i got out of high school i just was like still listening to the same stuff but it was also just like I started listening to like more hip hop and stuff like that. And it was just like, eventually it just kind of got to the way that it is. Like, it's just like Katie specifically, like always loved shoegaze mm-hmm. and would like try to put me on. And I just like, didn't get it. So it was like, people would try and put me on to stuff, but I was like kind of stuck in my ways or I would like, like I'd like one thing and then like not really dig into it. Then eventually, like I just like started digging into it you know yeah. like it was like jacob showed me uh loveless and i didn't like it yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the first time i heard loveless i was like i don't get this and mm-hmm. it took it honestly for that record it took me a long time to really like appreciate it um which is kind of fucked up but like it just like hit me eventually like sometimes when i'd find bands i would just be like really into it or I'd, i just like wouldn't really care but then like it would i'd like come back to it and like have a newfound appreciation for it you know like it's kind of the same thing with oasis yeah like i loved oasis when i was a kid mm-hmm. like i thought champagne supernova was like the greatest song of all time and i still think it's like one of the best ones of all time um but i just kind of wrote them off after a while because i was like ah, oh, oasis isn't cool but then after time, like, I was just like, Oasis is the coolest fucking band ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. It was just like, I think growing up is just like a big part of like how my music taste has developed. Yeah. I feel like even just kind of like watching you over the past like year and a half, like what do you feel like has kind of made you 
it, I don't know. We all, like, we both listen to, like, probably tons of emo and stuff like that. Yeah. But I feel like your taste is kind of, like, grown out of it some, at least visibly. You know, it's not to say you're not, like, friends with these people. And yeah. You still listen to it a lot. But it's, like, <laughs> feels like you've kind of moved a little bit out of it. Like, is, there, it's, is that even true? It is true. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, like, me and you both run record labels. And the main like idea from the beginning of like our label is that we didn't want to cater to just one audience Mm -hmm. so it was like the emo records that we put out i love Mm -hmm. obviously like and i listen to them but then it's like i don't really listen to any other emo records that aren't already like my friends or something like i don't really like try and like find new emo bands because like i know the ones i like and like i feel like people tend to fall into like trying to rip off older emo bands in different ways. And it's just not anything that I'm really interested in listening to, you know, I like, I'm guilty of this too, because like, I feel like I didn't really get when the record, the clear body record was coming out. Mm-hmm. People would say that it sounds like sunny day real estate. And I didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, Oh wait, this is sick. Like I, I thought it was cool that people thought that we were like trying to like, be like an old school emo band yeah um but that's like not really what we were trying to be it's i'm i'm glad that it is what it is but it's just like the new stuff is like different (laughs) yeah and i mean like you know i've I've been playing those songs for fucking forever just never put out the record (laughs) then like when covid happened i just was like we're doing this and uh we just like all like hunkered down and really like tried to do this record and we did it and Mm -hmm. like i'm proud of it like i feel like this is the only way that this record should have ever been was it's just like we were just doing it in my house like you know we it was like three or four different sessions with drums like it was like it took it took like three or four months of like pretty like non-stop work because it was just like it was going to be a single. It was just going to be Blossom yeah. for a minute. Then we got the the first mix of Blossom back and we were like, this sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> Cuz I had never really like had the experience of like sending a song off to somebody else to have them mix it. Mm-hmm. Like I had only ever mixed anything myself that we'd put out pretty much and um like or Bo, Bo did the yeah. did stuff too. Uh, I should say. But um when I sent it to somebody else, uh, I sent it to Jake, Jake Checkaway to mix it, and he sent it back, and I was just like, this is fucked. Like, I was like, this is awesome. Um, and we were like, all right, let's just, like, record this EP. And then we had five songs, and then Alex was like, just do three more. Like, fuck it. Then it became an album. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm really proud of it, and I'm, like, still, like, very stoked on how it came out, like, I don't listen to it as much as I used to because when it first came out, I've listened to it like pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. So I was like just so stoked on it. But, you know, like that's like that's at home production, baby. You yeah. know, like it was just like it was like a home project. Mm-hmm. Like it was just locked in there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I want to start kind of asking like how you did the drum stuff. But I don't know if this should be like technical you know drum recording podcast but <laughs> but it is interesting that you got um because i would have thought that y'all did like some of it in the studio so you know but yeah mixing definitely like sending it to someone to get mixed is like something i've done even more in the past few years i mean we've done it on like a label standpoint mm-hmm. for a while but just kind of like like sometimes kind of knowing that you don't have to like touch every aspect of it, you know, yeah. kind of like giving, being willing to hand it off to somebody that can kind of like see it in a different way. Sometimes yeah. that's all it is or either they just know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Know? Um, so that's like wild. Like even just like having people reamp stuff where it's like, you know, you've just did it on your computer and yeah. they can make it sound bigger. Yeah. And, it was, uh, the drum stuff was like kind of like the worst possible way yeah it's hard (laughs) that like because like i was just so used to like doing it a certain way and then like we're doing this jar ep and i'm seeing coleman like set up these drum mics and i'm like i fucked up like like the drums on our record could have sounded a lot better if like we 
like if I knew what I was doing on like miking a drum kit and had more microphones, but like I'm grateful for the way that it sounds because it sounds like us, you know, yeah. like that's my favorite aspect of our record is that it sounds like us in my bedroom, like practicing, mm-hmm. like that's what we sound like, you yeah. know? And, uh, I think that that aspect of it is really cool. And I'm glad that like, I have that, you know, cause it's like, I have that for the rest of my life. It's out, it's on vinyl, you know, I can listen to it whenever. Um, but definitely the next one, we're going to do some different things. Yeah. So, yeah. And I guess like going into like the name change from doll hands to clear body, like what kind of like made you make that decision? Do you just feel like the songs were changing or? It was, we had had that conversation like way before COVID. Um, And we had always like, ever since Seth and Marty joined the band, we had always wanted to change the name just because it was just different. Like, Mm -hmm. It was a different style of music. It was different members. I was still like the core songwriter, but until like we actually started like writing and like finalizing the record, I'd say like Blossom is a song that like Seth wrote, you know, mm-hmm. like he came up with that and we just kind of fleshed it out together as a band. And it's like, it feels like more of a collective process. Whereas like doll hands, like felt more as like a solo project mm-hmm. the whole time. Cause it was just like my band, but this is like our band, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's chill. It's definitely a lot chiller, but yeah. So like before COVID happened, like right before COVID happened, I'm just gonna. This is what, how, how it happened. Right. So we were talking about, booking greet death in my house with the callous Dow boys yeah uh and us and we were like just also talking about changing the name at the same time and like i think we found the name clear body around then and we were like let's fucking just change it like let's do it then COVID happened <laughs> and then uh <laughs> yeah, that was going to be our first show. It was going to be us, Greet Death, and the Cow Style Boys. But then COVID happened and didn't happen. Um, but yeah, so still have yet to play a show. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I know y'all did the audio tree. But yeah. I was trying to, I was like, I really can't remember. Yeah, so Clear Body officially hasn't played like a real yep. show with people yeah. being there. Uh, which is like more and more the reality since shows hadn't really... <laughs> In mm-hmm. a lot of respects, like aren't still happening normally. And yeah, it's been, like two years, so it's yeah. like there's going to be so many more bands. Like, you know, even like the thought of like up until recently that band Military Gun it was like they were made. That band was made in COVID. Yeah, and so there's like so many like that type of band, or just there's so many bands that just were like demo bands, and now they're you know just out of it and like oh shit, we have to play a show. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like why we. This is why I haven't wanted to really play a show is like, one, I want to make sure that the timing is right. I kind of want to make people wait, like, Mm -hmm. in a way where it's like, I just don't want to, like, play a show where it's our, like, first show back and it's, like, just some random show, you know? Like, I kind of want to build it, like, and I want to do something cool. Like, we're supposed to go on tour in January, hopefully, Um, and that hasn't been, like, announced yet or anything, but... Like, I'm excited about that. I hope that it happens. But, like, it's just, like, we're just, like, playing our cards wisely. And also, like, Marty is in fucking four different bands. And Seth is in Fake Eyes, too. And they're, like, getting ready to, like, start recording and stuff. So, like, you know, I just, like, we're all doing different things. And it's, like, I'm, me and Marty both have the label and stuff to do, too. So, yeah, it's a lot. And yeah. uh, it's awesome. But, like, you know, I wish that we all collectively had more time to, like, really work on stuff. But it's getting to that point where it's, like, we're working on songs and we have, like, some really good songs so far. So, so yeah, we've kind of talked about, like, shoegaze a decent amount, kind of circled around it. Uh, and like we discussed, like, you know, bringing it back to Sweet Trip. Uh, it's like it is, but it isn't. But mm-hmm. I guess in terms of you... Um, and let's say like even your bandmate, Marty, like when do you feel like you got officially in a shoegaze? I know that you were saying like it was, 
you were hesitant at first or certain things like you didn't like Loveless when you heard it at first. Yeah. Like, what do you think like made it click? <sighs> That's such a good question because I'm trying to think about like the entry point where I was like, this is sick. I know where it was with Slow Dive. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like Spirit of the Beehive too. Like they're a shoegaze. I, yeah, I'd say that it's probably Spirit of the Beehive actually now that I think about it because I really listened to their self-titled record a lot mm-hmm. and um i didn't really know that it was a shoegaze record at first because i didn't yeah. really know what that was um and it's funny because sweet trip and spirit of the beehive they have a lot of the same fans because they're kind of cut from the same cloth yeah um but yeah i got really into their uh first record and that ep and then it was like right as pleasure suck was coming out um I started getting into that and then like they also kind of are like more of a slow core band too mm-hmm. like on pleasure suck so it's like I started really like getting into them and that's kind of what got me into shoegaze initially but I don't think I really like realized that I liked shoegaze until I watched the slow dive documentary the pitchfork doc because mm-hmm. like that's kind of when I really like started liking the genre because i didn't really like get slow dive and then i watched that and i was like this is fucking awesome (laughs) like i was like this band is the best band ever (laughs) um but yeah it's like i it took me a while to like loveless i saw ride twice because they went on tour with spirit of the beehive and like that was sick um i wish that i could see ride again because i like ride but yeah i guess like Sometimes I feel like I have like an aversion to shoegaze, but mainly just because I, how I feel like people react to it. And what I mean by that is like, I feel like there's been, there was like a wave a few years ago, kind of shoegaze. And I think it always felt like a lot of people were just like, they wanted to just be loud. Mm -hmm. And that was it. So you had like so many bands that were just bad and loud. Yep. You know, and it's like, (laughs) uh, so the thing that I feel like it's like sometimes I feel like people are just listening to Loveless. Like or at least that's what I'm hearing whenever their bands start playing shows. Mm-hmm. Like and I didn't ask any questions there, but like why do you think that is that people just seem to only be referencing that when there is things like slow dive or there is other things that you could reference that aren't technically shoegaze but are like so goddamn close that it's like <laughs> you should be like even yeah. it's like things that aren't like so the slowcore bands like i mean just to kind of like list any of them you know yeah. <laughs> just like like bands like like duster. Or, you know duster yeah and yeah we don't need to list all of them but yeah. like seem <laughs> you know and i'm like a lot of those bands are like just as interesting but i don't feel like they're talked in the same way that people just always do you know about my bloody valentine Mm -hmm. like i don't know if you have anything um i feel like loveless is just like it's like i mean people refer to my bloody valentine slow dive and ride as like the big three shoegaze and like nowhere loveless and slovakia are like the albums Mm -hmm. uh but i feel like loveless is just like kind of just like a triumph in a weird way because that record took a really long time to make and i I don't know if you know anything about like the like the behind the scenes of like how long it took yeah but it's like like just recording like a tambourine part i think took like two weeks Mm -hmm. like it's like it, it was like they worked really hard on that record and you can hear it and it's like very cool to like know the backstory i think i feel like that's kind of like what got me into that record is like knowing the backstory behind that record and like trying to hear like the production side of it Mm -hmm. um where it's like it's just like the blueprint that's kind of how this record is for like you know hyper pop is like it's the blueprint like yeah yeah i think sometimes my aversion to it is not so much like what like a band will sound like it's it's almost like when things get labeled just labeled like you feel like people just kind of put it in a different bin when it's Mm -hmm. like a lot of these things aren't that far off it's like you know maybe if you're looking 
at my bloody Valentine straight into a sweet trip, it feels like, you know, a little bit of distance, but you know, there's things that kind of like fill the way yeah. that are like, these are all the same thing. Yeah. You know, like so many times like indie rock bands or, you know, sound a lot alike to these things. So just kind of putting shoegaze off to itself, like feels like it puts people like, oh, I only listen to shoegaze. And it's yeah. like, how? How do you do, you do right. that? Right. <laughs> well, it's like there's a lot of different bands that pull from a lot of different places. Like, I mean, like, Hum is a big one, like, recently, in, in the last, like, probably, like, 10 years, I guess. Uh, yeah. They've kind of been, like, embraced by, like, God, it sounds so nerdy, but the shoegaze community uh, for, you know, like, they, they were, like, I'll never forget, like, when <laughs> Seth told me about how he was going to start playing in fake eyes and he was like oh we kind of sound like hum do you know them and i was just like do i know hum yeah it's like the the band that wrote stars like that was on the car commercial because that's how i knew them because i like grew up with them and they only had that one song on the radio like Mm -hmm. it was the same way with failure too like i i'd grown up with hum and failure and i just never really dug into them like i always saw you'd prefer an astronaut at fye in the like used section for like two bucks Mm -hmm. and i just never picked it up and it's like i'm glad that i didn't because i'm glad that i got into them as much as i am now like later um but it would have been cool to be like yeah i was like well i kind of am like well i think it's interesting to get into them later because i feel like a lot of time the people that got into them when they were like a had like a minor hit like stars was a big song yeah like it was to me growing up like home might as well have just been like kind of towny rock yeah like it was just kind of like like you said like totally. car commercial music and i listened to a lot of car commercial music but it wasn't like some subculture-y thing yeah yeah you know? but like it's cool to see them be like embraced and like hear the influence even in like my own music like where it's like you know, we all fucking love hum. <laughs> like, yeah. it's uh, it's pretty. I don't want to say obvious when you listen to the record, but it's like clear to me at least that it's like we pulled a lot from like hum on that record in different ways. But yeah, like I mean, like shoegaze is like a lot of different things. It's not just like what my bloody Valentine sounds like because yeah. there's only other there's only one other band I can think of right now that sounds remotely like. My Bloody Valentine and it's Ringo Death Star. Like, yeah. Yeah, like it's, it almost starts becoming like the American football conversation where it's like, where it's like there wasn't anything wrong with American football, but why did kind of like everyone use that as just like a touchstone? Yeah. And right. then it's like, it's not to the fault of the record itself because like Loveless is great and so was, I don't know, that one American football record. It's almost just like everything seems to come just from that. Yeah. When there's other totally. things like it could like I wish that there were more bands and if they are out there and I just don't know, I wish there were more bands that just sounded like Sweet Trip in a way. Yeah. Know? Like totally. Like take your influences somewhere else. Yeah. The listener that I'm not directly talking to. But if you <laughs> if you're doing that, you know, it's like branch out some. You know, mm-hmm. like even through the conversation that we've had, it's like, you know, the things that we, you know, talked about and we have talked about over the years like Ty Seagal and all that stuff is like it's not that like I feel like you you haven't been content to just live in one place and that's what I've always liked about you yeah so <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah uh, I like listening to a lot of different kinds of music um I try not to like I mean like right now I, I pretty much like online only like listen to shoegaze because I don't really like post about that much shit <laughs> yeah. anymore I used to be a Twitter fiend, like, and I'm glad that I'm not anymore, but, like, I just, like, I only post about shoegaze because, like, I'll hear a song and I'm just like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, and I need to post about it right now. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know what kind of, like, you like, you know, and there's, there's still certain things where there's, like, just textbook things that I like, so it's like, I'm not above it, you know, but it's like... The amount of stuff, it's like on a daily basis, uh, you know, that I check out that are like outside of obvious genres, I would hope that most people are that way. Yeah. But sometimes people don't seem, it's like they may actually be that way, but they only kind of present one way Mm -hmm. all the time. 
you know, totally. and so it makes like a thing insulated and it's like, it would be almost like difficult in a city like Charlotte to just be one thing. Yeah. Like imagine like a kid that's just like, I want to be a youth crew kid and why don't we have that here? And yeah. Like, well, that's why you're sad living here. Yeah. That's yeah. actually a really interesting point about this city is like, we definitely have a sound. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that where it's just like the bands that play here, like we all have like kind of our own unique styles in different ways. Like, y'all like yeah. you know it's just like late bloomer and all right like sound like fucking 90s bands and it's awesome but it's also just like you don't really pull through you don't really like pull from just one place mm-hmm. you know yeah. like it's kind of the same way with like pullover too where it's just like that's a funny one too i didn't even realize that they were a dream pop band for a really long time like because i didn't know what that was yeah <laughs> i just thought they were sick so it's like you know Sometimes you just don't realize what, like, genres are when you hear it, but, and it takes some time, and then you realize, like... Do you feel like it's helpful to know, like, what genres are as you get older, or do you feel like, in a way, it's, like, limits people? That's a good question, too. When I was, like, in college, my professor, because I was taking a course on sound design, um, I was showing him, like, early doll hands mixes and Mm -hmm. shit, and he was, like this is sick. And he always was like, kind of just like fuck genres. Mm -hmm. And for my mindset for like a really long time is like, genre doesn't fucking matter, you know, or whatever you want to call us. But now I'm like more like there are different genres. I mean, there are, and it's like hard to say there isn't because like you'll realize there's genres. Like when you roll up to a show and there's like, you're playing with like a brass band or something. Like I played with like the weirdest bands, you know? And it's like, that's when you kind of realize it's like when you're whatever band you are, like an indie punk band, and then the first band playing is like a noise kind of grind band, you start, you're like, there are genres. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, but I try and like almost embrace the idea. I, I guess I'm more like fuck genre, you know, a lot of time. Like, I kind of am too, yeah. honestly. But it's 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 hard, and it's like I'm not, I'm not going to say it doesn't exist and people don't, you know, kind of go where they're going to go, but I, I feel like it starts kind of isolating people in a way, because like with a city like Charlotte, um, the fact that we have like a band like Patois or Pullover, Clearbody, and whoever else we want to kind of line up with it, um, they, they all sound different. Yeah. You know, but like in a city like Charlotte, it's like if you wanted like another Patois, then I guess then that's where you're going to have trouble. But it's like you have to embrace like, and you could say this about a lot of like kind of medium sized cities or in terms of like a music scene, like you almost have to like, that has to be your vibe. Yeah. You know? Like you have to be like, I like that I can get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And not that there's like five bands that sound like clear body. Like, yeah. I'm happy there isn't. Yeah. 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 There's uh, that is one thing that's really cool is that, yeah, I feel like all the bands here sound different. Like, you know, Patois especially, like they're like on the, f- they were like kind of on the forefront of like the post-punk movement that we're like kind of seeing now, like with idols and bands like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know. I think Bo is like a genius. Like yeah. he's so fucking smart when it comes to yeah. music and stuff. And it's like kind of intimidating in weird ways where I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he like definitely knows like what the fuck is up, which is cool. Um, but yeah, that's like one of the things I've always liked about the city is like all the bands sound different. And, you know, I mean, even bands like Magnitude, like, they sound like different than like all the bands that are like up and coming and hardcore right now, you know, like yeah. they, they have their own style and you know, they're from North Carolina. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I fuck with, I fuck with the bands here. Well, I guess like if we have to bring it back to sweet trip, like let's assume that someone in sweet trip is listening to this episode. What do you have to say to them directly? Uh, that I love y'all's music and I hope you keep continuing to make it because 
like I don't know. Like, have you you haven't listened to their new record, right? No. You should check it out. It's great. Um, but like, I just want more. You know, like mm-hmm. it's like cool because like one of the things I've kind of been realizing lately is like when bands get back together and they put out a record that like is kind of whatever people get mad at them yeah but like with sweet trip they can they just put out a great record and it's also just like you know they're like they they're like in a league of their own Mm -hmm. like i'm always gonna have these records yeah you know they can do whatever they want you know and that's fucking sick like i'm i'm glad that i have a band that like this that can like literally do whatever they want to and i'll listen to it you know yeah i've been thinking a lot more about that i think it's like almost like a product of covid it's kind of like it's like last year it felt like destructive in a way that it was like nothing matters mm. yeah you know? and then so i was like trying to work through that then it's like if you can kind of embrace that musically and just kind of do whatever you want yeah you know like totally it's like just like put out eps that maybe are electronic or just nothing really matters so mm-hmm. just in a positive way yeah. Just kind of like use that to your advantage. Like, I don't know, if you want to put out a record 12 years after the last one, yeah. you know, go right ahead, Sweet Trip. I yeah. just I just want them to uh, be happy and make whatever kind of music that they want to. Yeah. Because I will be listening. And that record that we're talking about, their most recent, is A Tiny House and Secret Speeches, Polar Equals. Yes. And that came out also on Darla Records on yes. May 28, 2021. Uh and I guess, you know, like when I was thinking about bands, like even like, like Thou or The Body and stuff like that, or any of those kind of bands that seem like every release that comes out, it doesn't really sound like the last release. Like, yeah. That's what I like. I have a yeah. funny thing about Thou. Um, <laughs> I saw a TikTok because like I'm familiar with like their recent stuff mm-hmm. with emma ruth rundle and then also like the covers albums they've put out so they have the nirvana one and then they have the like assorted one Mm -hmm. um i saw a tiktok of something that someone calling them a slowcore band and i was like what the fuck are you talking about and then i listened to the album and it was a slowcore album and i was like this is fucking awesome (laughs) yeah that's what's that's what's interesting and that's i guess going back to where it feels like sometimes genre can get silly because it's like when you start looking at, like, because the Emma Ruth Rundle records, it's like sometimes it's just simply the main singers just not singing, or mm-hmm. it's like Emma Ruth and then them together. And it's like that little bit of difference is what makes Thou almost like not present as a metal band. And then when Emma's singing, it's like people will identify it as a slowcore thing. Yeah. So it's that it's like you just took this tiny little thing, because a lot of their music still sounds like that. Yeah. You know, to a degree. So it's like, so when we start kind of like splitting hairs and genre, and then I meet people that are just like, oh, I only listen to slowcore. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, you could change, like, you could almost like have a different singer with a slowcore band, and then someone might think it's like an emo band just because of the way someone's singing. Totally. Or it's like a lot of times with slowcore, like, if you had like a guy singing with a southern accent, people were like, oh, it's Americana. Yeah. And then you're like, what's that's when genre is like irrelevant. You know? Yeah, totally. Um but yeah, just do whatever. Yeah. Who cares? I I'm definitely in this phase of my life where it's just like I want whoever's making music to just be happy. Yeah, just like, make music that you think Yeah. Sounds just cool. Make music to be happy and mm-hmm. like, you know, do it because you want to. Don't force music. Like you know. It's like it's nice to hear a piece of music that like this, like the Sweet Trip record that is like completely not forced and just like a product of itself. Mm-hmm. Like it's totally yeah. unique. Like Yeah, I don't think I could say it any better. And I appreciate you, you know, talking to me. I guess before I actually let you go, where can people find you online? Uh my <laughs> uh Twitter accounts are well, Twitter and Instagram for the label and the band are the label is at Acrobat Unstable on everything. And then the band is at Clear Body Band. Then my personals are my Instagram is Oasis Band Official. And my Twitter is uh, Amplifier Worship with the O missing. 
I kind of wanted to just see if you could recall it all. Yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> it's, unfortunately, I can. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, pick up the new Clear Body record. And like I said, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Welcome back. Thanks again to Eric for coming on the pod. Please check out the new Clear Body album, One More Day. That's on Smart Punk Records. I highly recommend it. Like I said at the top, it's been a pleasure watching Eric through their different projects and seeing Acrobat Unstable grow into such an amazing thing in such a quick time. Just simply great to see, you know, a younger generation taking up the reins and doing cool shit in our city. Honestly, I'm getting old, very sleepy, and I just want to stay home and go to bed early. Okay. Next time, we're talking with Julian Rosen of the band Common Sage. We talked about Modest Mouse's 1996 album, This is a Long Drive for Someone with Nothing to Think About. So check that out. Don't forget to check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at spinningoutpod. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It seriously helps. Thanks as always, Sarah Blumenthal, for editing the pod and Pretty Maddie for the theme. Okay, see you next week. <laughs>